This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. I'm Claire Southworth, this is Talking Flutes. There might be some extra sound effects today because I've got the rain hammering down on the roof of my study. So I hope you're going to be able to hear me okay. Someone asked me recently about the highs and lows of my career from student to present day. My immediate reaction was that my career had been a mixture of euphoria and rejection. Although I have luckily achieved all my goals and ambitions along the way. Today then I thought I'd briefly talk about those highs and lows, but more importantly talk about self-doubt and self-belief, because our highs and lows are dependent on the way we think as much as the way we perform. Looking back, there were many highlights of my student days, and it's quite difficult to choose. I was fortunate to be able to play in some fabulous masterclasses with William Bennett, Sir James Galway, Peter Lucas Graf, Rampal, Gilbert and Nicolay. They were opportunities to learn at the highest level and I loved the experiences. Each of those masters communicated in different ways, which helped me become more flexible in my whole approach to learning and playing. I took something from all of them. I was also lucky enough to win concerto performances in each of my four years at college, playing Bach, Vivaldi, Chaminade and Nielsen. And I won a few competitions outside of college. First prize at America's National Food Association's Young Artist Competition in front of an audience of about 2,000, very scary. And I was the winner of the Northwest Arts Young Artist Competition. I was then a prize winner in the Madeira International and the Tunbridge Wells International and a finalist in the Royal Overseas Competition. I was always excited about the opportunities in playing competitions and they certainly gave me a good mix of euphoria and rejection, but more of that later. Another highlight was being offered a job teaching flute in the junior department of the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester, which was only my second year as a student. I wasn't much older than the students I was teaching, so it was a very fast and steep learning curve. I also loved recording, and I'm very proud of those permanent reminders of performances. Why don't we listen to one of those now? It's the third movement from Andy Scott's Flute and Harp Sonata. Andy played me the first phrase of this piece during a flute summer school, and I remember instantly falling in love with its vitality, excitement and energy. Here it is. Thank you. 
fabulous piece of music. On to the lows then. I worked very hard as a student, six hours practice a day plus lectures. I didn't go out for the first two years of college. It was very difficult to get the life and work balance but all improved on leaving college. The biggest low was rejection and dealing with rejection as there was rarely any feedback. I entered every competition going and so the more you entered the more chance you had of failing but also the bigger chance of succeeding. 
I remember entering the Geneva competition, one of the most distinguished international competitions. I practiced for six months leading up to it. There were five rounds of music to be learnt, all from memory. In the first round, the jury picked only two movements from two unaccompanied pieces. There were over 200 flutists in that first round and only five were picked to go through. I was not chosen. My first emotion was one of anger because how could a panel decide on the best players with such short selection of music without piano? My impression of the five was that they were technicians of the highest calibre, but not necessarily the best musicians. Only my opinion, of course, but one which I felt was valid at the time. I'd worked so hard in my preparation and felt that 195 of us were not given the respect we deserved. But after a day or two of being miserable, I would look for the next challenge, which helped me overcome the disappointment. Another student difficulty was to trust the subjective comments about performances, especially when playing to one examiner, when you knew they played it in a completely different style. In music, it's so very difficult to be objective. Everybody has their own opinions. The last difficult memory of my student days was the last semester, with the realisation that by the end of June, you were on your own. I remember it felt like jumping off a cliff, but then it arrives and everything carries on as normal, the sun rises, you get on with your life. I learnt that in order to succeed, you had to put in the effort. If I didn't achieve something, it was not going to be because I hadn't put in the time. I'm hoping that any of you listening out there that are students can relate to some of my highs and lows and realise that these events happen to us all. It's how you deal with them which is important. So, on to my highs of professional life. One was playing again at the NFA in America to an audience again of about 2,000 playing two concertos, Hansen and Hoffman's Konzertstück. This was a high because playing to flutists is completely different to playing to a general audience. You open yourself to criticism. The next event was being offered a full professorship at the Royal Northern College of Music in my mid-twenties. And then I was lucky to have recitals around the world, the most memorable being in Japan and the States. Each new experience of playing in the main orchestras was exhilarating. My first week with the London Symphony Orchestra was both exhilarating and terrifying because I was the only female player and felt socially very much out of my depth. Other highlights include my publications and summer schools. The first book I wrote was flute aerobics, which led to light aerobics, then sequentials, the expression of colour, flute reboot, and then two volumes of pieces, vocalise and my arrangements of the Bach cello suites. I'm also very proud of my online beginner tutorial, Kickstart Flute. I started my own summer schools, which ran for 25 years or more, and they were such a big part of my life and so enjoyable. On to my lows. Being a soloist is a very lonely occupation. Fending for yourself with travel, eating, socialising, practice and performances. The days that I travelled without my accompanist were hard as you had to rehearse with a different pianist in each venue. Your choice of programme would change because you didn't have the luxury of hours of rehearsal. Freelance work in the orchestras lacked support. You often felt like an alien and 
I remember spending my time trying to look happy and relaxed when inside I was struggling. I also suffer from claustrophobia. So orchestral performances where you were trapped were a nightmare for me. In rehearsals and solo performances, I was fine. It was just orchestral concerts that I struggled with, but it did define my choices of career. That then is a brief recap of my highs and lows. It's so interesting to think that life throws us a mixture of events and experiences that conjure up self-doubt and self-belief. Self-doubt helps stop us achieving our goals and self-belief helps us to imagine achieving those goals. I think that for my next podcast, I'm definitely going to delve further into that topic of self-doubt and self-belief and talk about the strategies that we can all use to build up belief in our own abilities. I have a motivational quote for you from Toni Morrison, the American author. Believe it can be done. When you believe something can be done, really believe, your mind will find the ways to do it. Believing a solution paves the way to solution. And with those words in mind, let's sign off with another favourite of mine, the second movement from York Bowen's Sonata.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.